Welcome, welcome again to a special rendition of Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? Uh, everything is well, man. How things are your end? Man, no complaints over here, man. All is well. All right, I'm also uh, pleased to announce we have a uh, very special guest all the way from Kenya, uh, Coach Charles. How's it going? I'm, I'm well, I'm blessed, and I've just woken up specifically for this uh, episode. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm excited for it too. So uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, uh, you know, what do you do for a living or for a purpose? And also, uh, how many kids you got and what are their ages? Yeah, great. So I'm um, a father of uh, three wonderful children, two girls and one boy. The eldest girl is 11 years. The, the, the second born is eight. The third born uh, is three. And we live in a county called Bomet in Kenya. And uh, I'm a counselor by profession, even though my undergraduate, I did economics, business, and mathematics. But all along, I had a desire to be a counselor. And I remember I made a confession when I was in form two, when I went to secondary school. I made a confession that one day I will walk, I will wish to work as a counselor. And uh, what I confessed in 1999 came to pass in 2012 when I graduated with higher diploma in counseling psychology. So since that time, I've been working um, as a counselor. And along the way, my first job, which I got was in an organization where I was working with men and boys. That is, I believe it was a divine connection to start working with men and boys. And that was in 2010. And since 2010 up to today, my work purely is reaching out to men and boys. And I started working with men and boys so that they can be champions for the rights of girls and, uh, and young women. And then after that also, I worked in an organization where I was pioneering a program of engaging men and boys in an organization that was using football to empower girls and young women. But at the moment, I work uh, full time as a Daddy Saturday Fatherhood Fellow. A Daddy Saturday is an organization that is working with men to end fatherlessness epidemic. Daddy Saturday started in the US and in 2019, we started partnering and we have a ministry in Kenya under the name Daddy Saturday Kenya. So that is Saturday is uh, a ministry that is working purely to reach out to men, asking them to be intentional, to be present, to be responsible in the lives of their children. So that is what I do full time. And uh, it is a program that came to Kenya in 2019. And we are glad that we have been able to reach over 20,000 boys so that because these are future fathers so we work with adolescent boys in primary schools and in secondary school 
where we mentor them, we guide them, we, 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 we teach them what it means to be a man so that later in life, they can grow up to be responsible boys, uh, the responsible fathers in the future. So that is what I do uh, in the community. And I am partnering with uh, schools so that they give me a chance to reach out to boys. I'm also partnering with local churches in, in Kenya so that we can reach out to fathers in the church so that we urge fathers and we give them information of the benefits that accrue to children when they are intentional, when they are present, when they take time to be close to their children. And also we share to them the, the, the negative side of when a father is absent in the lives of, of their children. And we tell them that it is possible for a father to be physically present in the lives of their children, but emotionally distant from them. We tell them take time to not only be physically present, but emotionally present also. And we also tell them that um, uh, a father could also, um, if a, uh, a father absence can uh, is detrimental to children. And also destructive presence of a father is harmful to children. It, in both ways, a father could be emotionally away in the lives of their children, it has a negative impact. And also, if you are present physically and emotionally, but you are present, it's destructive in the life of children. For example, if you are abusive, if you, if you, if you, if you are violent to your children, yes, you are present, but your presence is, is destructive. So that is in a nutshell what we do here in Kenya. And it is something that I, I thank God to be working with men because I tend to believe there is no uh, better title I will ever have as much as, as long as I am alive than to be called a father. So that I want to raise my children so that way back after I'm gone, they will say we had a father by the name Charles Kipsankovich. Oh, that's great work. That's great work. Um, is there like in Kenya, is there a problem with like absentee dads or is that like a, a huge issue that you all deal with? Um, there is, I think it's a global problem uh, where fathers are absent in, in the lives of their children. And, and I tend to think uh, even here in Kenya, we, we tend to think as fathers, once I'm able to provide then I have been able to, to do only what I am expected of a father. But mm -hmm. uh, I tend to think uh, it, uh, being a father goes beyond uh, provision. Yeah. Because any other person can provide, even government can provide. But there is that aspect of a father that no other person can provide. That is your presence. So one of those things that I, I, I uh, have been working here in Kenya is because of, especially currently, high economic times, most dads are spending time outside there looking, trying to put food on the table. That really hamper the time that they will have spent being in the lives of their children. And also uh, the third thing is we, I tend to think we, we have um, a little knowledge 
on the impact of father absence in the lives of their children. So we, you find even children who have grown up without a father and you see their lives um, uh, are, are not uh, as, as HGDP. I want to give an example. Um, I, since I'm working with schools, sometimes you find uh, rebellious students in school. Some go as far as um, setting up place the dormitory. And when I try to dig, try to understand the demographics of these children who have been accused to have set the dormitory on fire, you realize they are they are coming from father Hapson households. Mm. So I can say uh, correctly that. Um, there is a lot of father absence, and not only in Kenya, but it's a global problem. Yeah. How is how has your work uh, with dads uh, helped you as a as a father yourself? Um, when 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 I reached out to other fathers, one thing that helps me is I love to walk the talk. If I tell the fathers, it is good to be intentional. I intentionally on my own, walk the talk by being intentional so that I will, I will not only speak words, but I will tell them, do as I do. I, 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 will, I, will, I love to tell people, I would like to lead with my life, not with words. So because some fathers will ask me, how do you do it? I will not be able. I will not tell them how I do it uh, rhetorically or um, in theory. But I tell them this: what I do with my own children. So, being working with fathers uh, uh, urge me or makes me to be intentional, so that I will work the talk. So that when a father tells me this is what I am struggling, I tell them I, I I can give an example of maybe there are similar situations that I have gone through which as uh, and how I was able to work, overcome it. Mm -hmm. So um, you say you have three children. Um, what's the two girls and, and one boy? Yes. Where's your son? Is he in the middle or is he the youngest? Uh, the, the son is the, the second one. He, uh, he's in the middle. Oh, okay. That's how my the order of my children are. So like girl, boy, girl. Yes. Do you, um, so like, do you parent differently for like the different children? So like different, um, do you parent differently for your daughters than, than your son? Or like, are you more strict with your son than, than with your daughters? Um, I can say, uh, especially from my background as a counselor, uh, there are two things. One is I consider the developmental age of a child. Mm -hmm. How I parent my daughter, who is now almost beginning puberty, is different from how I parent my son, who is still younger. Yeah. Number two, I also look at the personality of the child. Because um, I cannot parent them wholesale. I, 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 I deal with an individual based on the way he or she is. So if, for example, my daughter, there are things my daughter will want to ask to, want me to do with her, which my son may not be interested in. So how I engage them, um, I engage them differently. But ultimately, 
I treat my children equally. They are all the same. Um, some uh, could be, uh, one could be more lively than the other, but I, I don't want to create a wage to show that this one is better than the other. They are, they, they are the same. Trying to tell them that all of you, uh, I, 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 you are all my children and I regard you equally. Yes. So take me back to that magical moment when you found out that you were about to be a dad for the first time. Uh, what was kind of going through your head when you got the news? Wow, and I remember the day very well, 14th June, 2011. <laughs> and I remember the day 14th June, 2011, because that is the day my life changed because my name, I was given another name that I will not have, uh, I will not be able to have it again, that is being called a father. And uh, it was an emotional moment. There was mixed reaction because I had never been a father before. So I was asking myself, how could I be? How, how, uh, how will I be a good father to a child to be? And I remember when the news came that Charles, you are a father to a girl. I told myself, God give me the grace so that I will be that best father to my daughter, because this is uh, being a father. I, I became a father on 14th August 2011. I'd never been a father before. So I, I can say it was a mixed reaction. I was psychologically ready for it. I was longing to be a father. I'm happy and I, I intend to be that good father to my last day on this earth. I know um, in some cultures, well, I know this is like particularly for your son. In some cultures, there are um, like rites of passage that you have to go through in order to be um, a man. Do you all have those types of things? Yeah, in fact, one of the programs that we are planning now, like uh, at the, the beginning of next month, uh, December, here in Kenya, the schools will be closed on 25th November and they will be home for uh, more than one month. And across Kenya, there is a rite of passage called circumcision. One of the programs when these boys are undergoing the healing process, that is that in Kenya we are going to the seclusion to teach them what really is, um, is what it means to be a man. And in most cases here, we do it uh, to boys at the age of 12, 13, and 14. So when that time comes, that is a time I will do the same to my boy. And I'm happy because by that time I will be more mature, more resourceful to my son and uh, to tell him what it means to be a man. But more importantly, I want my son to be, to know what it means to be a man by watching me. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So by, lead by example. I lead by example, yeah. sure, sir. That's, that's powerful. So uh, can you speak to uh, your, uh, your, uh, your dad or your dad? What was your dad like, uh, you know, uh, growing up? Or, or did you have a connection with him? 
Yeah, even though I moved away from home, but uh, we 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 do communicate with him on 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 a weekly basis, and uh, I, I I interact with him. I visit him once in a while, and uh, we have a good working relationship with my dad, and uh, I celebrate him for being a good father to me when I was growing up. I didn't know I will one day be running an organization that will be engaging, engaging fathers. So I, I, I am in touch with my dad. When you say he's a good father, like uh, in what way? In what way was he a good father to you? Um, I can say, uh, based on the, remember what I said earlier, that uh, a majority of fathers, that's why we create awareness in the community is because most of the fathers became a father by default. Mm. And uh, most of the fathers do not know the, the impact of being present in the lives of their children. So I can say my father parented us or became a father to us the way he know best. Uh, unlike me now, when I'm a bit aware, I've read a lot, I've interacted with great people like you. So I have many more information on the impact and negative and the positive impact of a father. I can say, yes, he did his best. Uh, obviously there are the, 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 the weaknesses, but uh, I, I tend to view the positive side of it because he's, he's the only father that I have, no substitutes. What's the, um, I guess, what's the, the best lesson your dad ever taught you, either directly or indirectly? Um, I'm so happy. It was in 1996 <laughs> okay. when I was going through the rite of passage. Mm. My father taught me how to be a man. And I remember the analogy he used. He told me, Charles, now that you are grown to, from a boy to be a man, if you are inside the house and there is an aeroplane passing by and you are inside the house with children, I know in most cases when the aeroplane is passing uh, over your house, children will run out to see the aeroplane. He told me, you are, don't be like them because you have now grown up to be a, a man. And that is the greatest lesson. He was telling me, Charles, your behavior has changed. The way you think, the way you, you, you thought, the way your behaviors has changed. You are no longer a boy. You are, you are now a man. And here in Kenya, and especially in my community, once I come out of seclusion, my name changed because I used to be Kipsang. And now I, after that, I, I take on the name of my father called Koech. That's, that's why I'm, I told you I'm Koech. That is the name I was given by my father after the rite of passage. Oh, that's awesome. So is that his name? and Or like, how, is that his name and he passed it on to you? Or like, how did you all come up with the name? Um, it is name. Okay, there is a way whereby you truncate part of the name of the father and give to the son. For example, the real name uh, when my father was born is Kip Koech. So uh, you remove K I B and then you 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 give your son the remaining part that is called Koech. 
So on my path also, I was born and I was called Kipsang, K-I-P-S-A-N-G. When my son grows up, I will run Kit, K-I-B, and I give him S-A-N-G called Sang. So that is how, uh, how it is done in my community. And it's a sign of status. You are no longer a boy. You have grown to be a man. That's awesome. Can you speak to um, a, a dad that you have uh, mentored, like uh, maybe a story about um, a dad that you've helped along along the way as far as uh, making, helping him becoming a better dad? Do you have any any examples? I mean, any dads that you've worked with? Yeah, I, I can tell that I have a number of fathers whom I have worked with who uh, have been having issues. For example, I have an office in my home here where if a father is having a bad relationship with the son, one uh, will engage the father and then if need be, then I can combine, I can do a session together with the son. So I have had fathers who have come and recently there was a father who came and uh, brought a son who had attempted suicide. So obviously oh, wow. uh, the son had attempted suicide and he, he, I had to deal with, the, with both and try to reconcile, try to bring them together. But in most cases, and uh, from also my background as a psychologist, as a counselor, they say rebellion is a cry for attention. So every time I find a son who is rebellious, like someone who wanted to commit suicide, something like that, I tend to think there is something the son is trying to put across, but the society is not giving him attention. So when we have sessions like this, I try to give such a person attention. You'll find the person is opening up. So once uh, the person opens up, now you can inform the father, not directly, but try to tell the father, maybe the father is harsh, the father is absent, the father is not uh, providing for the son, and we, you are able now to bring the two people together. So we have a number, I have a number of fathers whom I have helped. And also, uh, obviously, when uh, uh, a son is rebellious or a child is rebellious, it, 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 it is a tall order mentally, even to the father, because you, you wish your son to be obedient to you. So psychology, and that is one thing that uh, is coming strongly in my program is to deal with mental health of fathers. And I'm sorry to report to you, uh, two days ago, a father set a place, his wife and, and, and four month child, in the house. And obviously I know it was a mental, this father was going through something and there was no any other way. And no one had, had, had given him audience to share the, the pain or to ventilate the emotional pain he was going through. So one of the things that I think there is need to reach out to fathers is how to ventilate, how to deal with mental torture. You are going through a difficult moment in your marriage. How, how do you go about it instead of um, uh, uh, killing your child or your wife? How do you, which are the better ways of dealing with mental torture? So is mental health, um, do people talk about mental health like that? 
in, in Kenya? Because uh, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, people talk and 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 as and and, and uh, the way things are, especially because of harsh economic uh, times, after the pandemic, the people are recovering from the harsh realities of the pandemic. You yeah. find people are going through tough moments, but uh, I I I I can't say people are free to share because of how we were socialized as men. And you know we have been socialized to be stoic, not to share your your weaknesses, not to 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 share the bad side or or the challenges you are going through, and that is why one of the areas that you are dealing with is we tell people, uh, sharing your weaknesses does not make you less of a man. You remain to be a man. We tell them that. Um, Failure to, to, to ventilate the pain that you are going through makes you live uh, less or shorter compared to women who share their challenges. That's why they live longer than us. So one of the challenges you are dealing with is having men share the pain that they are going through. And one of the things that as that is that in Kenya we are doing is we not only we want to share and give opportunities for men, create a safe space where men who are going through turbulent moments in their relationship or their terms, we create a safe space where they, they don't feel charged, they don't feel condemned, where they can share their, their, their challenges and feel understood. And that is one thing that we want. And I'm happy because as a counselor also, and as someone who is working in a fatherhood space, we, we create a, an environment where fathers feel uh, safe to ventilate the pain that they are going through. Yeah, man, this is, uh, you're doing really uh, impactful work. You know, uh, it's, it's really good having this conversation with you because uh, you know, we're, we are here in Chicago, we do, we're doing similar similar work. Um, and, and what I like to think about is uh, just the impact that, not only that we're having on the dads, but uh, the children. Like, um, do you ever think about the impact that the, that your work will have on future generations? Yeah, one of the things that I say is we want uh, to create an environment where we raise children who we grow up to be great adults. Because I tell fathers that you are not raising children, we are raising generations. The impact of what we do will be felt way after I'm gone. How my children will grow up. That's why even the Bible says, I'm a Christian, that train the children in the way they should go. And when they grow up, they will not forget. So, and uh, the best training that, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, the way the children see me. That's the best thing. The children will say, let's do this. And one thing that I normally do is, uh, and especially in the church, especially giving offerings, I normally want to, to ensure that my children see that I've given a, an offering or, or a 10%. So that way, way after I'm gone, they will say, let's do this. Because we saw, not we had, we saw our father doing. So the impact of a father goes way to many generations to come.
So I know um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Before we started recording, you were talking about, uh, you gave me a fun fact about where you live in, in Kenya. And you were saying that it's one of the top uh, tea producers. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I, I was telling you, we I live in a highland called Bomet. And we are known for growing tea, where it is processed in the local factories and now for local consumption and also for exports. So it's a, a highland and we, are, we also have multinationals where they grow a lot of tea and uh, for, for, for local consumption and also for exports. We also uh, uh, we are also mixed farmers. We 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 grow crops. We keep uh, animals, and that is uh, for for our livelihoods here here in Kenya. We are privileged because our area we we re we receive reliable rainfall. That's why it makes us to to grow tea. Yeah, and you know I heard the rooster in the back a, a little a uh, couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Was that a rooster? You're saying? I was saying I heard a rooster in, in the background. Was that a rooster? Yeah, growing? I, I, it's, it, it's now almost uh, so minutes to five and I give a few hands here for, for eggs and also for a visitor like you when he comes, I can slaughter one for. <laughs> so you got your own alarm clock over there. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's cool, man. So, um, can you speak to? Um, you mentioned that you don't treat your daughters any different, but uh, do you got? Do you give? Um, do you have a, a philosophy for when they become, you know, uh, adults about um, like how, as, as far as uh, advice for dating or uh, looking for a mate uh, when it's time? I know uh, you got a real young one, but uh, how do you how do you plan on? Uh, you know, uh, guiding your children in, in regards to who they date or who they uh, end up being with. Yeah. So even though this is still early, but this is what I'm psychologically preparing myself yeah. for. <laughs> and they say, um, they say uh, girls or daughters marry their dads. So, um, when my child will be looking for a mate or a life partner, obviously the frame of reverence will be the qualities she saw in me. So what I want to do even uh, at early stage like this is um, to model a behavior, uh, especially how I relate with my own wife. Mm. I want my daughter to see uh, or I want my daughter to grow in a home that is characterized by non-violence. So that even one day when she will be looking for a mate, she will be looking for a non-violent mate because she saw a non-violent father in me. And one of the things I want also to going forward is to, especially as my daughter is entering into into puberty is to begin uh, talking to her about, um, and especially what it means, okay, uh, especially about men, and more importantly, using myself as an example. Mm -hmm. 
is there like a um is there a, a well can can you talk about how uh how you and your wife met oh great i remember very well 2009 and we it was 2008 i was in third year second semester at kenyatta university and she was doing a bachelor of education. We were in the same university. Then we started, uh, we were in a ministry called South Thrift Evangelistic Team. We were serving God together, going to missions to share the word of God together. And as they say, uh, the rest is history. We met, <laughs> we got it for two years and on 14th, August 2010 at 1.15 p.m. we were declared husband and wife. That's awesome. I like how you remember like the exact dates and years and everything. <laughs> That's the times and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because those are important days in my life because I remember, for example, when I got married, I'll never get married again. So those dates are so key to me. They are so important. That's why I remember they are on my fingertips. Mm. How'd you know that your wife was the one that you that you were married or spend the rest of your life with? Wow. So um, one, obviously I took time as a Christian to pray. And uh, more importantly, you look at the person you feel attracted to and um, you feel uh, this person is, is meant for me. And obviously, there was a time that we were able to talk, trying to know her desires, uh, vision of life, whether they are in them with mine, and also sharing my life, what I, because I was very clear of what I want to do in life. I want to be a blessing to many people. Even in the ministry, I wanted just to talk to people, be a blessing in the life of people, encourage people, those who are going through turbulent times. I remember Sarah Royce asked me how I, I wanted to be a counselor. I wanted just to be a blessing, to, to put a smile on my face. And obviously I could see she was also doing the same. And I saw at least, and I tell people, do not marry a lover, marry a helper. Mm. That's good advice. <laughs> that's a, we call that doctor, that's a hellified bomb right there. That's a good one right there. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned um, before about um, the importance of being intentional, uh, intentionality as a dad. Um, what, what, in what ways are you intentional with, with your kids? Yeah. One um, is with the time that I spend with them. Just to take you back in 20, in 2019, I was walking several kilometers from my children. And I remember on 1st March 2019 at 11.36 a.m., I clicked a send pattern, sending a resignation letter in a well-paying job when, where I was earning a good salary. And I left it because I wanted to come home to be close to my children. Because yes, I was far away from my children doing well career-wise, earning good salary. But now 
I was not uh, close to my children because I used to visit them once a month. So one way of being intentional with my kids is with the time that I spend with them. That's why I'm happy God gave me an opportunity to build an office at home. So I work from home. So I can say I work with, I stay with my children 24 seven. So I am intentional with the time I spend with my children and also being close to them, especially now that they are young, when they come home from school, I help them with their homework and guiding them even on weekends. So the greatest one is the time that I spend because I normally tell people, other people can buy food for my children. Other people can pay school fees for my children. But my, the time that uh, I spend with my children cannot be substituted. I cannot tell Sarah Royce to come home and to be my father to my children. But you can give them food, but you cannot be a father to them. You cannot spend quality time with. So I think the greatest one is being uh, spending quality time and not, uh, creating uh, epic moments with them. And uh, so that, uh, because our time here on earth is unpredictable. I don't know how long, how many years I still have. I want to spend those that I have uh, with them intentionally. Uh, I wanted to track, well, backtrack a little bit. I know you're talking about um, children that act like rebellious. They're in search of attention. So, Outside of like them being rebellious, what are some of the other signs that that you could um, that that I guess dads or parents should look for when the kid is really really wants attention or is in need of attention? Yeah. So um, apart from uh, being rebellious, uh, a child you will realize even in school you will find the performance is, is dropping. Mm. And uh, most of the cases that I've handled, you realized this child is going through issues that stems from uh, a lack of father presence or a parental presence at home. Mm. So uh, apart from being rebellious, you'll also realize that uh, this child, uh, like for example, uh, especially children who are very young, you realize they are attention seekers. They are looking for attention. You, for example, I give an example. If you find a child now uh, in a church setup or in a, a congregation or in a crowd, you find the child wants to talk using microphone. Somebody is holding the microphone. The child wants to grab the microphone. You know, that child is looking for attention. That, that, that child uh, lacked from home. So a child is an uh, attention seeker, is looking for attention. Number two, if you, if you find your child is, wants to associate with people outside, for example, if a child uh, wants to stay with other boys, you feel he, he, he wants to, to be around boys or other men outside there, he's, he, he, he's going there because to look for attention that is lacking at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember of a scenario whereby, for example, in, I've worked in a, a, a rehabilitation setup whereby 
I was addiction uh, residential counselor. You will find that most of these young boys who are abusing drugs, they are abusing drugs not because drugs are sweet or they are enjoyable, but as a way of medicating the internal pain because someone has not given them attention. Most of the people whom I've helped who have having problem with addiction, you realize they are coming from homes where there is father absence. So the boy is, is looking for a way uh, to, to medicate that internal pain. And also because no one has given him attention, you'll find he's looking for attention from the wrong places. And you find he looks for attention from people who are wrong, like who are addicts. But when you give your child attention, you will not look for attention from peers. So uh, when a child is, is attention seeker, number two, a child is, is abusing drugs and, and looking for attention elsewhere, it's a sign that all is not well. That's, that's real good advice. Uh, next question I have for you, uh, Coach, is actually a question I already asked. Um, the question was, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And you gave me a real, real good answer. And you kind of been talking, uh, kind of talking about this already, but uh, your answer was, and I'll read it, uh, it means being intentionally present in the lives of children and leading them with your life more for more is caught than taught. It's about working on our modeling for, for values and not taught, but caught. Our values are not taught, but caught, I'm sorry. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Um, as I say earlier, that uh, more, more is caught. That is a philosophy that you are using as that is Saturday Kenya and that is Saturday as a whole is more is caught than taught. Yeah. In other words, our children learn more when they see us doing. If we want to model, for example, love, if you in the lives of children, work on your uh, modeling of love yourself. In other words, if you want a value your children to learn from, model that value yourself. Don't tell your children uh, not to speak while eating, yet you as a father, you speak while eating. In other words, don't tell your children, do as I say, tell them, my son, my daughter, do as I do. So more is caught and taught. In other words, our children learn from, from us by watching what, we, that's why we tell people, do not worry that children are not listening to you. Your worry should be, they are watching you. They are watching us. So our children watch us. In fact, one of the key things that I tell our fathers when I go, when we meet is the best way to parent your children is to work on your behavior. The best way to parent your children is work on your behavior. Because someone said, my father did not teach me how to live but he lived and, and let me watch. So in fact, for me, uh, my, 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 my main concern is how, do, how am I? 
how how am I doing my thing as Charles? Because they are watching me. So day by day, I work on myself more than I work on my children. Because when I work on myself, they will follow me and they will imitate me ultimately. I know we're getting close to time and we're going to um, get ready to wrap it up, but I have one last question for you. If you can give advice to any dad, uh, any expectant dad, what would that advice be? The advice I'll give to any dad, either the current or an expectant dad is fatherhood is synonymous with responsibility. Yeah. Fatherhood is synonymous with responsibility. And number two, the job description of a father does not come from the government. It comes from the creator. So if I am to be a great father to my children, I have to connect with the creator, with God himself. So I normally tell people I download so that I can upload to my own children. So in other words, because there is a father in heaven. So I, I'm, I'm human. So if, if I am to uh, operate optimally and efficiently as a father, I need another father to teach me how to be a father. Mm. So fatherhood is synonymous with responsibility and the work of a father, the job description comes from God. And the last one is being a father is the sweetest thing. It is so sweet to be a father because you are not in charge of laptops, you are in charge of lives. You know, I think the greatest thing I can go closer to God is to be a father because I am doing multiplication, what he did, what he told me to do. So I am closer to God when I am a father. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Uh, you definitely got a lot of gems out of this, man. So uh, definitely, uh, Coach, thanks for uh, taking the time out. Uh, we have a, a special place where we put, uh, you know, certain episodes. We call it the Hall of Fathers. Uh, so it's, it's like the Hall of Fame, but we, we switch it to the Hall of Fathers. So I would, I would definitely uh, nominate this one uh, for, the, for the Hall of Fathers. Dr. Young, do you, uh, do you also agree? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm humbled. I'm humbled. <laughs> yeah. I really like that one you said where you say, um, do as I do. Not as a, as I say, because uh, yeah, your kids are always watching their sponges. You know, they're they're, uh, they're learning all the time. So, you know, you definitely want to, uh, like you said, lead by example. So, yeah, definitely. Thanks for for sharing that with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So, Doctor Young, did you have any, any other closing remarks before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say thank you. I know it's four o'clock out there, so I appreciate you getting up early in the morning to, to talk with us. So uh, thank you uh, again. All right, and uh, one last thing, Coach, uh, we want to give you an opportunity to you know speak about your organization. So if you want to uh, you know take a little time out to let people know where they can find you, uh, you know that 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 be, uh, definitely be appreciated. 
Thank you so much. So I want to begin by thanking our founder of Daddy Saturday called Justin Part for giving me a platform to be a blessing and uh, to work here in Kenya. So Daddy Saturday, we are working in Kenya and uh, our, um, our parent organization is Daddy Saturday that is found in, the, in US, Colombia, Tennessee. And we are happy to have given a chance to work here in Kenya. And we are reaching out to fathers. We are reaching out to boys. And this year we are happy we initiated a program called Feeds for Feast. So we are selling animal feeds so that 100% of the profit is to educate fatherless boys, to allow fatherless boys access uh, uh, secondary education. And I'm happy and to report to you, Sir Choice, uh, Sir Royce, this month on 15, I'll be turning 40 and I'll be running 40 kilometers to raise fees, to raise money, to support fatherless boys to access education. So in advance, you can wish, wish me happy birthday on 15, I'll be turning 40 and I will be raising, using my birthday uh, to raise funds to support fatherless boys to go to school. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance and together we can end fatherlessness epidemic. God bless you, receive lots of love from Kenya, the best country in Africa. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome, you're very welcome. And happy early birthday to you. Happy Definitely. birthday. <laughs> enjoy it, definitely enjoy it. All right, so uh, for myself, for Sir Royce Brialis, for uh, my co-host, Dr. Ryan Young, and also for our very special guest from Kenya, Coach Charles, uh, thanks for listening to Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews, and stay tuned for further announcements.